hello and welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back, definitely. To Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. Uh, firstly, apologies that we didn't do an episode last week. Um, what is happening here is the social restrictions are being lifted, so our working hours have, have changed slightly. So we usually recorded on a Monday and that's been changed, so we've been trying to find another day. Where, where we could do it. Yeah. Um, as always, I'm joined by Becky. Hi. Uh, you've had the notification that you're going to have to go back to work I soon. I have, yes, yeah. on Monday. You've had a very grumpy Becky for the past <laughs> couple of days. So, um, today's Thursday and by the sound of things we're going to have to find a new recording day yeah. next week. But we'll be here, we'll be here at some point. It's It's been... A, it's been a nice little period, hasn't it? It has, since, actually. Since we've uh, last recorded. Yeah, so our first episode, sorry, uh, on the 6th of April. Okay. So that's when our first episode was done. Yeah. Sounds like forever. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we thought we'd have the break as well, rather than squeeze something in that was just a pile of shit. <laughs> so we thought, right, we'll have, we'll have, we'll leave it for a week or so, and we'll actually put together a proper episode so where we've done actual research, research and made yeah. actual notes. Yeah. Uh, Becky, your first film this week is Cats. Now this drew quite a lot of heat, didn't it? It did. It but, did indeed. But go over the the sort of facts Just, and figures. Right. A okay. Bit. So Cats came out last year. In December. Feels like ever such a long time ago. I know, in 2019. <laughs> I actually saw it on New Year's Eve, so this was my last film of the year, plus my last film of the decade yeah, as well. Yeah. So this is quite a, a significant one for me. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Tom Hooper. Um, it was written by Lee Hall and Tom Cooper. It's based on Cats, the musical, by Andrew Lloyd Webber and the old Possum's Books of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. Okay. So basically what Andrew's done, he's taken the, the poetry book and literally put it to music. Yeah. Um, it stars James Corden, Judy Dench, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, Sir Ian McKellen. Absolutely. Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, and it says introducing Francesca Hayward. Um, yeah. 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 So uh, they had a budget of between eighty and a hundred million. I think it started off as eighty. Yeah. And they had to yeah. because there was a lot of post production. Of course, it was. Issues. Yeah. It got. Um, but it took at the box office seventy three million. Died. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh yes. <laughs> can tell I'm not awake yet. <laughs> Now, we watched this, I watched this with you. Yeah. And I'd heard all the bad things about it. Yeah. Now, I will admit, story-wise, and telling the story is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it follows the story of a young... Well, she's abandoned, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's uh, it's a white, uh, young white kitten, yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, she's, she's literally thrown... Out of a vehicle. Out of a vehicle. In a bag. <laughs> in a bag. Yeah. And then that's where it starts. And she meets these... Jellical cats. Jellical cats. And the story is that once a year, on a jellical moon... Yeah. Um, there is kind of like... A cat ball. A competition. <laughs> or think... If you think along the lines of Britain's Got Talent... <laughs> Britain's Got Cats... Um, it's a bit like that, yeah. You're yeah. a bit like that, and the winner gets to go to the heavy side layer. Yeah. Which is when they get reborn. They get reborn into a new life. life. Um, because these cats are really sort of down and outs, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The, so you have a Gumby cat. You have the Rum Tug Tugger, who's a curious cat. Yes. And you've got Rum. Um, um, what's the name? Ah. Oh. The two thieves. Yeah, the two thieves. Yeah. Rumple teaser, and what's the other one? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and then you've got Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Yep. You've got um, Gus, who's the theatre cat. Played by Sir, Sir Ian, Ian Gandalf. 
And then you've got um old Deuteronomy, who's played by Judy Dench, who's yeah. she's like the, the leader. She's like the Simon Cowell. Yeah, she's Simon Cowell of the she, cat world. She decides the winner. Yeah, and then you've got Mr. Mistopheles, who's the magical cat. Yeah. So yeah, you've got all these different cat and Grisabella. Grisabella. The glamour cat. Yep. So There's a lot happening. There is. And I think when you have a story that has become famous. Yes, there was the books, the poetry books, but to be fair, how many people would know that? No, it's T. S. Eliot was sort of you know I would think about quote me if I'm wrong. I would say forties, fifties, maybe even earlier. Um, so um, people's main knowledge is going to come from the stage show. It is, of course, it is. And to 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 take a a story from the stage and this um, the stage show is a big dance and song based production well so was the film but <laughs> stage to film doesn't always translate not always and sometimes no. and a lot of times film to stage doesn't always translate no it's a difficult it's a difficult but I think they did a really good job on it personally to get what has become a global success with the stage show onto film mm. must have been the hardest part. And to give them their credit, they pulled it off. And like I said, the the story of it comes across. Yeah. At no point does the story get lost. No. But the issues with this film <laughs> were were purely visual, weren't they? They were. But you've got to remember, in the stage show, it is humans playing cats. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to have hands and feet. Yeah. Right? I know people go, oh, my God, they can, we can see their hands. Yeah. But that's not, you know they're human. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I don't see what the problem is. I don't even know if that was the biggest. I mean, there were a lot of stories that came out around this film that apparently at one point the cats you could actually see their backsides no yeah no. That apparently there is or there was at some point what they referred to as the bumhole version right because you got all these cats running around you can see their asses well the cats normally do anyway i know i know do you necessarily need to see it in the film well no not really but no. i'm just saying uh, there was, i get uh, very defensive i know i know um, about this i think the main issue was that a film with a massive budget originally, 80 million is a feral lump, visually it should not have had the problems it did. I it's, don't see it, any visual problems. If, if anyone can hear any rumbling in the background, I apologise, it's my stomach. Um, I'm not really sure what's wrong with it. <laughs> I, I didn't see any visual problems. I thought the um, the actual cat visuals looked iffy, I will admit. Because the, 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 the whole costume was completely CGI, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. There wasn't a, an inch of, sort no. of actual fur there at all. No. Um, it didn't... I would have... Expected it to look better for me. Right. Okay. Well, to me, it looked like it looked fine. Yeah. Well, me. I mean, when you see and what... then going back to the hand and feet. Yeah, I incident, mean, to be fair, did, did you know they're humans. Yes. I mean, it's the whole point of of the imagination. Yeah. Going wild. I mean, for me, I had to get past the visuals before I could enjoy the story, which, to be fair, I did. It's like, okay, it doesn't look amazing, but let's get past that. We've, have we seen worse CGI in, in film? Probably. Yeah. Um, the, the cat costumes, if you like, um, CGI level. For those of you who've seen it, it, it probably reminded me very much of The Green Lantern, where, the, where his suit was you know, clearly... CGI and not brilliantly done but I had 
once you get through that and just enjoy the story. But I just don't know why people just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know they're human. Yeah. And, you know, they're not exactly going to be like a cat. No. Are they? No. <laughs> Humans do have their limitations. Yeah. Um, even their faces, which you, we saw some of the making of, they actually have the motion dots on yeah. their faces as well, which means... What that means is that the the computer records and learns what their faces are doing and then they overlay cat features onto their faces for the final for the final effect. Yeah. But there, there was no sort of um, primary prosthetics or anything. They didn't do anything no. to their And they their added cheeks. like clothing to to make sure you knew what the character was. Yeah. Which I thought was really clever. Yeah. Uh, what's Idris Elba's cat called? Oh, McCavity. McCavity. He's quite evil he in is. his own way. Yes, he, he makes things go poof. He does. He's a magical cat. He disappears cats. Um, bizarrely, the my main problem with this film wasn't the visuals, wasn't the you know. Yeah, I say that with that budget, it should have looked better. That's that's me. My main problem with this film was Rebel Wilson. Yes, and we did speak about this afterwards, didn't we? Yeah. And to me, okay, fair play, she's done really, really well for herself, but she's always playing that. She's playing Rebel Wilson. She is, yeah. Every, it's like Keanu Reeves. He plays Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You know, and I, I you know, as far as I'm concerned, that shouldn't be the case. I mean, Rebel Wilson's forte at the moment seems to be I'm fat and I'm funny. Yeah. I'm funny because I'm fat. Oh, yeah. Look at me, I've fallen over. Yeah. Isn't it funny? And it's a real shame that that's... Now, that's not entirely her fault. That's what is being given to her yeah. by the filmmakers. Mm. And I think she needs... Because for all we know, there's a hell of an actress in there. Yeah. I mean, Melissa McCarthy had that same thing and then I think last year wasn't she nominated for best actress yeah because she was in a film with Richard E. Grant she was yeah I can't remember what oh, it, it was, was a spy kind of film was it? It? I was thought it was a more thriller. of a period no genre. no I don't know we, uh, we'll have a little break after and, and we'll, we will look that up but it feels that Rebel Wilson needs a serious I mean Years ago, we had Will Smith, who always played that same character. Mm. And then, all of a sudden, he did um, The Pursuit of Happiness. And everyone was like, holy shit, this guy is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it feels that she needs that role. I think she needs to be given that chance to prove to herself she actually can act. Because... You know, I mean, anyone can be themselves. I mean, there's far more actors and actresses that don't make it than ever than the ones that ever will make it yeah so she's made it mm. so she's obviously got something there yeah but she's getting almost typecast into well, that yeah it's like with jj rabbit she was the funny she was the comic relief that she uh, that's the other thing she's in films that don't really need her no at, yeah at no point does she really contribute benefit. to the story she doesn't benefit anything no. by being there no She's just that, uh, I'm funny. Yeah. Watch as I fall over. Yeah. Because I'm fat. It's a shame. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much will happen for her this year because of, obviously, the sort of global problems that we've got. But yeah. you'd like to think that somewhere in the future, quite nearby, is that, that role. Is that serious role or that mm. more, let's Gritting say, role. that more grown-up film yeah that we can actually see what she can do mm. be a real Definitely. shame be a real shame if she doesn't get that chance yeah so i i would recommend seeing it so would i to be fair i mean this was the same team that were behind limits work wasn't yeah. it to a large extent mm. so they know what they're doing and like i said story-wise and the telling of the story it's brilliant mm. There is a lot of dancing and a lot of singing in it because it is mostly singing. Yeah. So if you're into that kind of thing, I would get it. And yeah. Have a have a watch. I mean, there's nothing that you couldn't sit down 
and watch with young children here if they've got an interest in in musical films theater, and yeah. theatre. What I will say is don't get put off by the negative press. You know, we, we all watch films and we all come away with things that we really liked and things that we didn't. And this film is no different. It's just that for, some, for whatever reason, this one really got a lot of, of attention yeah. when it was being released. Mm. Yeah, I can see where they're coming from. Is it the worst I've ever seen? Probably not. I think that that mm. title will always be saved for Twilight. Yes. Which um, <laughs> <laughs> is horrendous. Um, yeah, I think it's got problems, but I got over them. And I was able to sit and enjoy it. For, yeah, for I mean, I I enjoyed it for what it is, for what it is, and what it was, and you know. So I'm glad I have it in my DVD collection. I know people were commenting on the picture yeah. on the Facebook page. So yeah, <laughs> we could have the only copy sold. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, give it a watch. If it's something, if you if you haven't got any interest in sort of musical theatre and stuff like that. Then it probably is going to be lost on you. Yeah. Yeah, you're going into a genre that you fucking hate anyway. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to hate it anyway. <laughs> so you're going to yeah. So if you haven't got that interest, then really it's probably not for you. Mm. But if you have, and if you if you enjoy going to like the West End and seeing the shows and whatever, yeah. Which I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By all means, I I mm. certainly give it a go. And like I said, once I got through. How it looked. It, yeah. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. Rebel Wilson wasn't in it too much. No, neither was James Corden, which was always good. <laughs> um, the, uh, do you know the the one person I felt stole it was Ian McKellen. Yeah. When he did that his little, um... he, he he does his little stint on the stage, mm. and I mean for those of you who don't know Ian McKellen. He learnt his trade on the stage, so the even in a film with as much production and as much effects around it as you, as you like, yeah, just that little bit of I'd say absolute quality. Yes, Ian McKellen on a stage—that's his territory. Oh God, yeah. And yeah. and the other thing that was really good is they all sang live on set. Yeah, exactly. The 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 one thing that was really good—they can all sing. Yeah. It was done live with the CGI bodysuit yeah. things and yeah. everything. So and t obviously Taylor Swift's in it, and she's actually she wrote co-wrote a song for the film. She did with Andrew Lloyd Webber called "Beautiful Ghost," yeah. and it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so if, even if you only watch it for for out of curiosity, give it a go. Yeah, definitely. It's a difficult one to score out of ten. I I would say a good solid seven. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure. In comparison with every other film, you know. Yeah. If if you take something like The Shawshank Redemption, which I think on the IMDb is like something like nine point eight. Yeah. Is this really only two point two four points behind it? No, it's it's a galaxy away from it. Mm. But compared to other musical films, I think you have to, the only fair way to comp to rate this film yeah, is, is to compare it with other musical is films. To compare it with its own kind. Mm. So definitely. Yeah. So what's your choice? Right. So uh, we're going to take a little break, and we will be back very soon. back we are no my film now an important thing happened a couple of weeks ago didn't it it did we went to the cinema we actually went to the cinema <laughs> for the first time in forever yeah i think it was our first time together this year yeah because there'd been a few things out that i didn't want to see but and then neil didn't want to see them so we so, kind of went on our own yeah sort of thing. so we spent a lot of time going on our own um, but this is probably our most recent film we've ever covered on this show. <laughs> yes, very recent. Um, well, obviously, year 2020, and it's Pixar's latest, Onward. Yes, lovely. 
Um, directed by Dan Scallon. Yeah. Uh, he also directed Monsters University. Oh, I love that film. Uh, it had the standard Pixar budget of somewhere between 175 and 200 million. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> But it's Disney. I mean, they could triple that and not lose a penny. Yeah. Uh, box office takings uh, was disappointing for a Pixar film, but it only took about 103 million. Okay, but yeah. it got released right at the beginning or oh, just before this coronavirus yeah. exactly. nightmare. So, so that's that's why its its mm. box office takings are so low. Yeah. Uh, we've got a nice little reunion in the cast. Uh, we've got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, who are together mm-hmm. since first time, well, since, since Avengers um, yeah, Infinity War. Um, weirdly, that's the two Peters at the Marvel <laughs> yeah. Universe as well. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Um, you've got uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, who, she's got Pixar experience as well. She was in A Bug's Life. Oh, I love Bug's Life. Uh, she was the Princess Flick. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, Flick. Yeah, Princess Flick. And uh, she was also in the Cars spin off, which wasn't a Pixar production um, called Planes. Right, okay. Uh, you've got Octavia Spencer, who. She's one of those actresses you've probably never heard of until you realise you've seen everything she's ever been in. Yeah. So she was in The Shape of Water. Oh, I love that film. She was in the Divergent series. Uh, she was in the Halloween 2 remake. And most recently, she was in a film called Ma, which was kind of like a thriller horror. Yeah, and type. she's also in a series on Netflix called Madam C.J. Walker. She is. So that's really. Wonderful, good. wonderful actress. Yeah. Um, and she's one of those, She it feels that she should be better known. Mm hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, Onward is set, I guess, in an alternative world. Yes, definitely, because there is two meanings. That it all, <laughs> now, it all starts off like way back when when, yeah, elves were magical and there's... Unicorns that sounded like unicorns. There's unicorns and there's mermaids and there's trolls and there's, there's all these... So up my street, isn't it? There's all these magical, magical creatures and they all have abilities and stuff like that. And then their magic starts to die, doesn't it? Because they find easier ways of doing, doing it. So, it yeah. And it starts off with one of them has invented electricity See, and the and light, the light bulb. bulb. So now they don't have to cast spells to, to Put create. Put the light on. So, and, and then it sort of jumps forward to what you guess is present day. When it's just like any other city in the world, isn't it? You yeah. know, they drive cars and they've got jobs and, yeah. and all that stuff. Magic has gone. And the film focuses on a family, mainly two brothers. Two elves. Two elves. Who, uh, the one, the youngest has just turned 16. Mm-hmm. And no, the, the father died, didn't he? Yeah. Not long after he was born. Yeah. And they are given his staff. Yeah. His wizard staff by the mother. Yeah. And with it is a some diagrams isn't it of how to cast a spell and the spell is that if either of them has got some of the old magic left in them that they could bring their dad back for a day which they kind of do yeah mostly mostly ish from the waist down (laughs) yes so and onward tells the story of of their mission to it's the crystal, isn't it? Is it the Phoenix crystal? Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix stone? Phoenix stone, I think it is, yeah. The, the staff had one of these stones in it, and during the, the first spell, it shattered and broke. Yeah. And the the film is them trying to find another one so, they can so that they can finish the spell. spell. Yeah. Um, it's... It, I, I will admit, it took me a little while to get into this one. Yeah, we were on the way back. We were saying it did seem to start off quite slowly. Yeah. But as soon as it picked up, it was like. I mean, there are some very, very funny moments. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, visually, it looks as every Pixar film does. Yeah. Um. 
I, I don't want to go too much into the well, end. Well, no, I don't really want to either because, because people so, may have not seen it yet or they're, they're looking at it or, you know. What I will say is Octavia Spencer's um, character, now she's the Mantador, isn't yeah. she? This legendary, uh, legendary warrior yeah. and adventurer. And now she's running basically a pub. Yeah, <laughs> <basically>. food. <laughs> her, her tavern is the stuff of legends. That's where yeah. adventurers would go and she would send them on their quests and whatever. And now she's like running children's parties and karaoke yeah, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And if it, it's obviously a good film because it made me cry. It destroyed Becky. Yeah. By the end, didn't it? Because I thought, oh, I'm just going to put some makeup on today and make myself look a bit more... You know, because as I was actually seeing people... Yeah, we were actually <laughs> and, going somewhere. And I wish I hadn't bothered. Because <laughs> <laughs> by the end of it, I looked like a panda. <laughs> there was... I mean, Pixar will do that, though, won't they? They're, they won't necessarily give you the happy ending, the happily ever after. Mm. They give you a nice ending... But it's not the ending you necessarily want. Yeah, exactly. And th- this this film is, is no exception. Mm. Um, I don't know where I'd put it in the sort of league of Pixar films. I don't think it's their top tier. But that top tier is quite special. We make a middle tier. That's what I was thinking. I'd say it's a comfortable middle tier. table. Film. I mean, if, if you say that Pixar's top films are Up, Wally, Toy Story, Toy Story 3, and Inside Out, yeah, is it as good as those? No. No. But, so it's, but it's not as bad as the lower tier ones. So we're going to make a, a middle tier. I, I'd say it's, it's a comfortable middle tier Definitely. film. Definitely. You know, around, what did I say, around the sort of Ratatouille... Maybe Toy Story Two mm. area Monsters Inc. Probably yeah. in that in that Definitely. bracket. You know, it, it, the Good Dinosaur, <laughs> which I think is its worst rated film. I know, but I like it. Even worse than Cars. I like that though. But then Pixar films are uh, to say that this isn't one of their best films is, is no mark against it because no. th- those sort of four films that I mentioned, mm. I mean, they really are special. And no studio is ever likely mm. to churn out four films that, that top them. Yeah. For for animated animated films. Yeah. Story wise, I mean, mm. Becky still refuses to watch Up. Yeah, I do. I I can't. I can't anymore. <laughs> it destroys me. Coco as well. Coco as well. It's probably in that upper middle tier. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, Pixar films are weird because you you can't compare them no, with other they, stuff. They they're their own little bubble now, aren't they? The, with each film they bring out, it's it's like no, I can't really compare it to that because it's not, it's not that. Yeah. It's that they're I I just love them. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Actually, and we we hoping it it. it it gets released. Um, Pixar do have another one out this year called Soul. Soul, yeah. And <laughs> I don't think my heart can take now, it anymore. I, I've heard initial sort of bits and pieces from it, and they're saying it is one of their higher end Ooh. films. Oh dear. Which, <laughs> which can only mean one thing. Yeah, take tissues. Um, and ice cream. <laughs> If you if you haven't managed to get to one with it, we we had to laugh, didn't we? Because I pre-ordered this yes. a thousand years ago before the lockdown nightmare, and yeah, last week yeah, our cinema here reopened, so we went to see it. And then it arrived. And about three days later, it was it was delivered. So, um, yeah, if, if you're a Pixar fan. I think. Definitely see it. You you need to see this if you yeah. haven't. Um, you can probably see what I mean. It, it it's not one of their best, and I did find that the start, the opening probably thirty minutes, I kind of struggled. Yeah. But it really does get better. Oh yeah. It, it does. really does. Yeah. And like we said, the ending, 
will make no apologies about kicking you in the stomach repeatedly. Why do they do this to me? <laughs> there was actually a moment and, and Becky turned to me and, and, and with the look on her face of, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and, and had it not been the end of the film, I think she'd have gone. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, Becky could not... I could not. Because I think we all had the feeling of the ending we were expecting... And then it didn't give us that at all, did it? Yeah. So go and see it by all means. Yeah, definitely go and see it or stream it or track down a copy. It's probably almost certainly going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think it's out in America. Okay. But I don't think it's over here yet. Right. Because I haven't seen it, and I go into Disney Plus every day. No. I won't be doing that next week. <laughs> no, no. We, we still have a very upset Becky that she, she has to go back to work. <laughs> now, your second film, another recent one. Another recent one, Little Women. But it, for, that's a 219 film. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm getting good, eh? Because all are. my pre orders have come, so I'm happy. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, so it was directed by Greta Gerwig. The screenplay was done by Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Uh, it's based on Little Women by Louisa May Aycott. Now, this was a book, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yep. It's a really good story. It's really good. I think it's about three hours long, though. That that rustling you can hear is not Becky reading some notes off the off the Blu-ray case. No, it's because it hasn't <laughs> come out the packet yet. <laughs> uh, 135 minutes, so it's about two and a half hours. Yeah. Isn't is that about right? Uh, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. So yeah. So, so if you like you do period pieces, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, it's starring. Um, I can never say a name. Sarah. I think it is Sarah. No, it's not. I think it's Sarkozy Ryan. It's uh, like Sagoni, but it's not. Um, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern. Oh yeah. Meryl Streep, okay. Tracy Letts, and James Norton. Yeah. Okay. So it had a budget of forty million. Yeah. And it took out the box office two hundred and six. That's quite a return. It is. That is quite a return. Yeah. Uh, they had um, six nominations at the Academy Awards uh-huh. for Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay. So they've had quite, um, you know, a, a few nods there. It feels, I mean, I don't think it won any, did it? No, I don't think it, it did. It feels like it was almost released at the wrong time because it's, it was in competition it's like, with... It's, it's like with 1917, it's that sort of same situation because you had 1917, The Joker. Parasite. Parasite. Little Women. Little Women. Yeah, they were all sort of squabbling. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that got nominated it at the did. same time. So, you know. Um, so, I, I, I assume most people know what the story is. Give us a run. Well, just, just give I, you a little I didn't rundown. see this with you. No, I went to the cinema on my own. Yeah. Um, it's about a family of four daughters yeah. with their mother. Yeah. Um, the father's gone off to war. This was in the American Civil War, so you're looking at 18, early 1800s? I think so. So, basically, uh, Jo, who's the not the oldest, um, is she She wants to be an author. Okay. Um, she, uh, but she writes under a man's name. Right. So, obviously... A non-de-plume. A non-de-plume. So, and it basically just tells the lives of the four sisters as they go through life without their father around them, struggling to, you know, to make ends meet, um, you know, falling in love, getting married, like, you know, um, so yeah, it's just a, a story of just life. Yeah. You know, I, that's what I can describe it as, life, yeah. basically. Um, one of the sisters tragically dies because okay. she's very ill yeah. from, uh, from childhood and, you know, she gets better and then she gets ill again right. and, you know, so, you know, it's very sad in places as well. Does this film give you the happy ending? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Now, is, it a, 
Is it a sad, happy ending? Or... No, it's a happy, happy ending. Oh, it's a happy, happy ending. Yeah, I don't cry in this one. No? No. Well, maybe a little bit when one of the sisters dies. Yeah. But other than that, it leaves you with a sort of sense of uh, happiness within your it's soul. It's warming. It is, because it's like, it goes back to like simpler times. Yeah. Of where candles were your only light in the okay. evening and there's snow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, and it's got a really great cast in it. It's a hell of a cast. It is. So I would love love you to go and see it. I don't know why I'm holding this up. To yes. The microphone. They can't see you. They can't see me. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. And Greta Gerwig's amazing what she does. Di- direction and writing as well. It's very... I mean, there's been so many adaptations of this book. Has it not been on the stage? Mm, yes, there's a musical about this. Yes. It's a musical. Uh, there's been countless films about this. Yeah. Um, there's one starring Claire Danes in it. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's loads of films, but this this one I I think is actually one of my favourite. Uh, 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 I can't say that word. Adaptation. That's the one, um, because it's just so sweet and lovely. Yeah. You know, and you see Joe struggling to become this writer. Yeah. Under a man's name. Because this would have because been a time. It, w- it would be at a time where that women. That, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's it's great. You know, it's a story of hope, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want people to watch it because I yeah. think it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I like is I think we're starting to see more ability now from Emma Watson. Yes, she's really she, come out as a she, really good actress. She had possibly what could have been the biggest blessing and biggest curse at the same time mm-hmm. with the Harry Potter series. I mean, those films would have been a dream for anyone to be yeah. involved with. Mm. But there was that huge risk of, right, that's that's who you're going to be now yeah. f- forever. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what she did, she took a few years to step back from yes. it and then came back to it, yes. which I think is actually quite a good move Yeah. because she allowed that time to kind of discover what she is about yeah. and to pick the roles that suited her. And to be fair, I think Daniel Radcliffe did the same thing as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. He, he sort of stepped back he, and then came and, in. And he came, into the, he came in to do things that were as far away from Harry Potter as possible. Yeah, he did exactly. a film called Horns. He did The Woman in Black yeah. as well. And he's, he's done a lot of theatre as well. He did, didn't he do War Horse? He, uh, no, he didn't no. do War Horse. Um, but he's done a lot of theatre. So yeah. is Emma as well. Um, so that's where you really learn your craft. Yes. Is when you're on the stage because you're, you're playing to a live audience every night. Yeah. And that's where, you know... It's stagecraft, it and is. it does actually help you. Um, I think what would have helped them, or what might have guided them, is with the Harry Potter films, they would have both worked with Maggie Smith, yeah, uh, Michael Gambon, uh, and I think they would have both worked with Richard Harris as well. Yeah, Gambon and, 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 and Melda Staunton, and, and, Staunton you know, as well. people, and Julie Walters. Julie Walters. So, you know, you've got they, a lot of great these, role models. These older actors who would have learnt their trade on the stage. Yeah, definitely. So maybe they, they you know, maybe there were some words of advice that said, look, this is all brilliant, but when this is over, go and do something different. Go yeah. learn something else. Yeah. And that, now we're seeing it sort of starting to bear fruit and and emma watson i think is fantastic in this um she's the one who mag- marries the um priest okay the preacher yeah i think i haven't seen this so i will actually add it to my list yeah well we've got it now we do <laughs> we've got i've got a really good one for next week yeah yeah i think because we we were looking and the the last of our pre orders were are starting uh, to come through. Coming to to an end now. My last one's on the eleventh of July now. So okay, but I've got an I've got one on its way on Monday. So do I. Which what have is you got? Call of the Wild. You've got Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford. Ford and and then I've got David Copperfield. Yeah. And then I've got Emma 
And then Military Wives is my last one. I think the one that comes for me next week, and I really do want to put it in, in, next, in the next show, if it comes on time, uh, is Harley Quinn and her Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, we won't go into that too much now. Uh, we'll say that mm. for another time. Well, mine's going to be A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood with Tom Hanks. Yes. Because I'm really looking forward to yes. seeing it. Um, the character he plays in that film. Bear with me. Bear with, bear with. <laughs> luckily, luckily, these things are tanned. Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers. So Tom Hanks plays a presenter called Fred Rogers. Yeah. Who actually appeared in another Tom Hanks film years ago. Oh, did it? Uh, the Burbs. Oh, okay. So Tom Hanks' character is just like lazily watching television and that's the person <laughs> that's, that's on. on. So that sort of, you sort know, of ties in that, quite that little sort of premonition. Yeah, so that that's next week's, so we'll get that watched together. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah. Go and watch it. Little Women. Yeah. Out of ten, eight. I'd give it a solid eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. Maybe good. even eight five because I mean it, yeah, it, it pulled quite a few. Uh, yeah, pulled a few, a few people in. A few nominations and whatever. <laughs> How much did it make? Two hundred and. Eight, and I did tell you. You did. Hang on, Two hundred and six million. On a budget of forty million. million. That's that's an impressive haul. Impressive, impressive. <laughs> So what's your last one then, Neil? Last one this week. Um, I, I lose track of time. I really do. Yeah. It feel, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago. I had the Bad Boys trilogy so far delivered. And I, I'm sort of making the effort to, to go through them. I do love the film. I never saw the third one. So I'm sort of revisiting the, the first two. So my my third, my second film this week is the original Bad Boys. I love these films. I, know you I do. really do. I'm surprised how old it was as well. Nineteen ninety five. Eleven. Directed by Michael Bay, and if you've ever seen a Michael Bay film, you you know the score. Tiny budget, really. Uh, Nineteen million. But it pulled in a hundred and forty-one. Wow. That's what Michael Bay does, and his films are always sort of laughed at and pointed at, and go, <laughs> "It's crap." But I don't think he's ever not made stupid amounts of mm. money, which is why the studios love him. Yeah. Um. It stars Martin Lawrence. It stars Will Smith. Whatever happened to him? Oh, I don't know. Um, I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Taylor Leone, who is married to David Duchovny from the X-Files. And another one of those actors who you've never heard of until you... Uh, much like um, Octavia Spencer, there's an actor, Joe Pantoliano. Okay, and apologies if I've bollocks that pronunciation up. And he's one, you say, I've never heard of him. Um, and then you realise he was in The Goonies, he was in The Fugitive, he was in a film called Bound, which is kind of a cult classic. Uh, he was in the sequel to The Fugitive called US Marshals. He was in The Matrix. He was in the Daredevil film with Ben Affleck, which we won't speak about. So, yeah, and, and obviously the, the Bad Boys films as well. So you think, oh yeah, shit, I know that guy. Um... The film is about uh, two policemen, partners, Marcus and Burnett. Uh, Marcus and Mike. Marcus is the family man, Mike is the playboy. Yeah. And they have to find and track down a load of heroin which has been stolen from, from uh, police storage. Yeah. Uh, there is a murder and there is a witness to the murder and this witness can help them track down the drugs. Yeah. Uh, but we now get a case of mistaken identity because she she is led to believe that Marcus mm. is Mike. So yeah. Marcus has to... 
you know, he lives in Mike's place uh, uh, and he has to pretend that he's this playboy, super confident character, which he just isn't. Uh, he has to lie to his family to say that he's in a city miles and miles away, so yeah. to, to hold the, the illusion, if you like. Mike then moves in with Marcus's family to sort of keep them safe and whatever. Yeah. It gets very complicated, but it is it is that typical Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer nonsense fun. Yeah. They have their everyone has seen Bad Boys, so go, going through the plot is it's neither here yeah. nor there. Um but just to give Michael Bay some credit, he yeah. knows because he's. Tra- I love his Transformer films. Yeah, I love them. I love Bumblebee. I mean, <laughs> he he gets slated left, right, and centre. But and he said, I think he actually came out and said, he said, he says, so what? I make films for teenage boys. Yeah, is that a bad thing? No, yeah. it's not. And, and I think the minute he doesn't make money mm. on a production will be yeah, a genuine shock. Yeah. Yeah, he he's done the Bad Boys films, like I said, he's behind the Transformers films. I think he did um, Con Air. I think that was one of his. Yeah, I like Con Air. Pearl Harbor was Pearl his. Harbor. So yeah, he, he knows how to make these these massive looking blockbuster films, and he makes the studios money. So mm. yeah, that's what that's one of the things that a film is. That's probably the most important thing that a film is judged on yeah, definitely. By, its return. by its return studios don't give a shit if it wins awards or not they want they want their money back and some yeah and definitely. michael bay delivers that yeah he does um he, he wasn't so much involved with the turtles films that came out recently um but jerry bruckheimer i think was mm. and bay and bruckheimer have worked together a lot yeah so even if a film is only a Bruckheimer film, you can see how it would be almost a Michael Bay film. Yeah. You know, their, their influences on each other do bleed through into their sort of solo projects, yeah. if you like. Like I said, this actually has... They're quite slow with their sequels. I think Bad Boys 2 was 2003. Wow, that's a big gap. Yeah. And then Bad Boys 3 was, I think, 2020. Yeah. So the, the gaps are getting bigger. Um, Bad Boys 4, apparently, well, on, on at that current rate, should be around 2040. Yes. So <laughs> we're getting very old Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. I really feel badly for Martin Lawrence. Why? Because he, he never had the career, I think, that Will Smith had. Yeah. And I know that's not the fault of Bad Boys because Will Smith did other things. But everything that Martin Lawrence has done away from Bad Boys has never done that well. No. And it's kind of a shame because I do like him. But he did, uh, I think his biggest outside of Bad Boys was Big Mama's House. (laughs) Which was kind of like the stakeout meets Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. It's very strange. if you haven't seen it, or if if you you want to revisit them, I, I am genuinely looking forward to the, to the third. I love the second one. I love this one, so I am really looking forward to seeing number three. They are that perfect Saturday evening popcorn and chocolate and beer film. You don't really have to think too much. <laughs> It's, it is, isn't it? It's just put it on and watch the pretty things yeah, go bang exactly. and laugh at the at the childish humour. And just, do you know what? At no point in a Michael Bay film are you bored. No. And not many directors can say that. Mm. You know, for an action film, for a comp, yeah, and that action comedy, body cop movie kind of film I mean this this is you can see the influences here from Lethal Weapon yeah that relationship yeah. between the two cops if that's your thing if you want to watch something that you don't have to think about too much then this is your thing and for an action film Bad Boys it is probably a solid 9 even 10 
for an really? action, for an action film. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not comparing it to, like, if you were just comparing action films, so you ignore everything else. But on the grand scale of things, like against things like the Shawshank and the Green Mile and and whatever. Oh yeah. That's... If you're comparing it against those, then no, it, it, it's nowhere near them. But for the action drama bubble then yeah there's not many that came out that were this good yeah I think that's it I think that's it as well we got an episode out we got an episode out (laughs) (laughs) eventually I don't know when uh, are we talking about Wednesday now yeah I think we're talking about Wednesday so I think that means we, we sort of stop recording here and then go straight into yeah next week's in, into planning and, and everything for next yeah, week's yeah definitely which I, I am I, you know the break was kind of forced on us because we couldn't figure out a day to to do to, it to get an episode together but I did enjoy it yes and uh, and now I'm really sort of happy to, that we're back yeah Um, we could have more recent films to we bring people do. next week yeah or do we eat them out because there won't be many recent films coming? Well, I think we should just do what we get, really, and then go from there. Like I said, I've got mm. Harley Quinn coming next week, and then I think at the end of the month I've got The Invisible Man. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to, to seeing. Yeah. Um, Universal tried, unsuccessfully, to create what they referred to as the Dark Universe. Mm. And it was all the the old horror films like Dracula and Frankenstein yeah. and the Mummy and The Invisible Man and everything. And that they've tried three times to get it up and running. And The Invisible Man is the third one. Yeah. So there was the Dracula Untold film with Luke Evans. Yeah. You know, was okay. It sort of gave us more the story of Vlad the Impaler. But, you know, it didn't really go anywhere then you had the mummy film with tom cruise which was again was okay didn't really go anywhere and then you've had we've got the invisible man which apparently is their third attempt at getting this bloody dark universe going be a real shame if they don't yeah because the the old monsters were so good and it's a shame that they don't have like a current franchise that'll be next week yeah or the week after. Um, thank you for sticking with us. And hopefully, wherever you are, is everything's going okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see you next week. Yeah, we will be back very soon. Until then, look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay safe. As always, wash your hands. Don't listen to Trump. And, yeah, we'll be back with you very soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye.